0: Hello, and welcome to the second in a series of 10 podcasts for newly qualified teachers and teachers in their early years in the profession. My name's Rebecca Roach, and I've been teaching for 22 years in secondary schools in London and South Wales. This podcast is an attempt to draw together some of my learning from reading some excellent books on behaviour for learning, from attending lots of training courses by different providers and also from my experience in the classroom, where I've learnt a lot from the many mistakes I've made over the years. I am in no way, shape or form, an expert on behaviour management, but I hope you find some of this food for thought. So firstly, I've learned that we have to teach the pupils how to behave and keep reteaching that. We can't expect children to know how to behave. In secondary school, they can have around 14 different adults telling them different things. And that's very confusing. Um, and there's lots of room to get things wrong and end up in trouble, which leads me on to my key point, And the main thing that I think we need to aim for is consistency. People need repetition and routine, and routine makes children feel safe. That doesn't mean you can't try new things, but don't change your routines and your rules every single lesson. So let's start at the beginning with the the meeting and the greeting at the door. I found this to be a vital part of my lesson. So prioritise being at the classroom door rather than, say, you know, faffing about with your PowerPoint. A positive smiley face to greet the children really sets the tone and it's a good opportunity to use their name to say hello and aim to get eye contact and you can tackle things like getting you know, coats off before they enter the room so that you don't have that public battle in front of the whole class. One of the most frustrating things to deal with is often trying to get the attention of the whole class. I've tried different methods and seen different ideas used by colleagues, like holding a hand up in the air or flicking the lights on and off, um, a phrase played on the piano in music lessons or a countdown and so on. I tend to use the countdown, um, but I've added in positive reinforcement, which has made it much more effective with really difficult classes. So in between each number, as I'm counting down, I try and praise someone who's waiting quiet and ready. Whatever you choose, I don't think it really matters. Again, it's just about being consistent. So pick which one you're going to use and then stick to it. So what happens when things aren't going so well? Understanding where the unwanted behaviour may be coming from is useful. Cortisol is a chemical released when people are stressed, and it impacts rational thought and the ability to learn. Research I've looked at shows that children with low levels of emotional intelligence or emotional literacy and poor language skills are often more likely to get in trouble in school because they just sort of haven't got the ability to deal with their emotions or express themselves clearly. Children often deflect shame and embarrassment with bad behaviour or humour. We all know that class clown. So if a child can't do the work or doesn't want to read aloud, for example, they may avoid situations by attacking others or deflecting attention away from the learning. Now, I'm not saying that this is always the cause of bad behaviour. We know that there are lots of other things that come into play to do with things going on outside of school. But public confrontation never ends well because the child is often embarrassed, they're put on the spot, and this just causes stubbornness, attack, blame, anger. Try to prevent yourself from an emotional response to bad behaviour. So this is where your emotional intelligence comes in. And the more I've read about this, the more I've realised how important the way I react to situations is when children behave badly try to be really calm and almost have an emotionless response almost sort of quite robotic in your delivery you know maintain a calm firm voice I'm not saying this is easy but it is important to try and regulate your emotions um for the sake of your blood pressure if nothing else i've definitely learnt to deal with poor behavior more discreetly when their peers aren't watching you know just don't give them an audience and deal with good behavior in front of others so poor behavior privately good behavior publicly The language that we use with pupils is vitally important. We must try and separate the behaviour from the person. So instead of saying, I'm disappointed in you, try saying something like, I'm really disappointed in the way you chose to behave today. What happened? Or instead of saying, stop messing around and sit down, maybe try and say, I can see you want to have fun, but this is not the right time. I've been reading a lot recently about um, teachers having scripts or set phrases that you learn and practice using, and this is supposed to stop yourself slipping into those emotion-led phrases uh, that just slip out and um, don't get us anywhere. So there's lots of books um, and information about this sort of set script um, that you may want to read and look into further. Here are some other things to try. So when a pupil um, is being told to do something or stop doing something, try saying thank you, not please, and then walk away. This shows that you assume that they are going to do what you've asked them to do. If you stand over them and wait, it's just too much pressure and attention on them, and that's often where they dig their heels in. What about trying more gestures and nonverbal clues? I think sometimes as teachers, if we talk too much, the pupils switch off and it sort of becomes white noise to them. So try pointing at the board if you want their attention on something or capping your ear to show that you want them listening. Or maybe do a gesture to zip your mouth shut to show that you want someone to be quiet. Give a warning before a sanction. This has been something really important in my school recently um, that we've tried to focus on. You need to remember to give them a chance to stop what they're doing before you start wading in with all the punishments. And linked to that, try not to react to other behaviours that come after what you've initially picked up on. So if you're telling someone off, often you then get other behaviours, maybe, you know, answering back, swearing, walking out. Try not to react to those uh, because it draws your attention away from actually what was the initial issue in the first place. Don't follow a pupil if they walk away from you. I've fallen into this trap many times and it really doesn't work. So, If they walk away from you, just let them go, and that will give you a chance to then get your emotions in check so that you can deal with the situation more effectively. Something else I would really encourage is to phone home. I absolutely hated doing this in the first few years of my teaching career. I used to get really nervous and anxious about talking to parents. But the more you do it, the easier it gets. And it's really worthwhile getting the parents on side and getting them involved in a a situation. So don't shy away from it. uh, Give it a go. If you're trying to turn a difficult class around, then focus on the positives. So use praise. And I think this is the best way to start to turn things around. Create situations that release those positive chemicals in the brain like endorphins and dopamine. So start giving your attention to the pupils who always behave well. Use positive affirmations and try and use them for effort not achievement. Send positive notes home for pupils. Hand out stickers to pupils working well. I used to write names on the board when pupils were naughty. Now I write names on the board for pupils contributing to class discussion or answering a question and maybe set them a challenge to get everyone's name on the board by the end of the lesson so it becomes a team effort. And always use the plenary for positive praise. It's really good to end every single lesson on a good note. Now, my next section is about follow-up, because following up on poor behaviour is really important. And I know that it is so difficult to do and to stay on top of just because of the lack of time during the school day and in between lessons. But it's so important because we have to face that challenging people again next lesson. And if we only rely on senior staff, removing pupils uh, and dealing with them, then it does undermine us and it sort of sends the message to the pupils that we can't deal with them. So if there's a detention set or a restorative meeting arranged, ask to sit in so that you're part of the follow-up or even seek that pupil out and talk to them yourself before the next lesson. It really can make a big difference. And finally, Don't give up too quickly. Whatever method you're trying or whatever strategy you're working through, it may take time to work. The pupils will test you, but once they can see that you're there every single lesson being calm, firm and consistent, most of them will eventually respond. Before I finish, I'd like to reference a book that has shaped a lot of my thoughts and practice recently, and that is a book called When the Adults Change, Everything Changes by Paul Dix. It's not about blaming teachers for poor behaviour, as the title may suggest, but instead it empowers you to face the challenge of teaching with what Paul says is consistency and kindness. Now, there are lots of good books out there, on behaviour management and behaviour for learning so I'm not saying this is the only way to do things but we should be practitioners informed by research as well as practice and so I would suggest that this book is a good place to start. My next podcast is about teacher well-being. <music>